From the American Association of Nurse Practitioners, I'm your host, AANP President Sophia Thomas. And this is NP Pulse, the voice of the nurse practitioner. Welcome to NP Pulse, AANP's official podcast bringing you unique nurse practitioner voices and expertise on issues that matter to NPs and our patients. Nurse practitioners are known for the excellent care we provide to our patients each and every day. In fact, NPs facilitate over 1 billion patient visits each year. Yes, that's billion with a B. But how many of us fall short when it comes to taking the best care of ourselves? Especially over the past year that we've had, many NPs, myself included, have encountered unparalleled levels of stress and burnout. And many of us have allowed some bad habits to creep into our lives. Our guest today was once in that same boat. She was stressed, overworked, and living an unhealthy lifestyle. But she made the choice to transform her life and is now a premier expert in NP wellness and self-care. It is my pleasure to welcome my longtime friend, nurse practitioner, and wellness guru, Dr. Mimi Secor. Mimi, welcome to NP Pulse. I'm thrilled to be here, Sophia. Well, thanks so much. I'm looking forward to our, our discussion. And the first thing I'd like to do is have you just kind of introduce yourself to our listeners. I would love to. I'm Dr. Mimi Secor, family nurse practitioner specializing in women's health, and now with a new focus in health and fitness. I've worked all over the place, including Alaska. I write textbooks, and I've recently taken up watercolor painting, which has been wonderful during this stressful pandemic. Uh And now I'm totally dedicated and passionate about helping nurse practitioners become healthy, de-stressed, so they can be authentic role models for their families, their patients, their communities. Well, that's great. And and such such an important topic right now. You know, this last year, the pandemic has really caused a lot of stress in, in nurse practitioners and healthcare providers in general. And certainly we're feeling a lot of burnout as well. And that's been kind of a hot topic recently. Um, I want to, I want to date myself. I, my first <laughs> conference uh, listening to you speak w- about women's health was back in the late 1990s at Vero beach, Florida. Oh um, man. Long time ago. That was so fun. Yep, absolutely. I date back a lot farther than that. So yes, you do. Yes, you do. But young nurse practitioner, twenty five years. But you know, the great (laughs) thing is we've got our experience, and and we've seen just about everything. But just when you thought you'd seen it all, you know, along comes this pandemic, and you know, what are you going to do? So. Um, The first thing I'd like to do before we get into this, um, because we know that nurse practitioners are really good at teaching our patients um, how to take care of themselves, but we don't always provide our own self-care. And you recently started on this life journey to um, uh, to to better your health care and debut a new you, if you will. And um, I remember before this started, I was sitting in an AANP conference with you and and we were all sitting down chatting and I thought she is just so beautiful and she's so fit and so slender and, and, but you know, sometimes on the outside, the way we look isn't always the way we feel on the inside. Isn't Um, that the truth? It is. And that was me. I was kind of a a fraud. 
I looked pretty healthy on the outside, but I didn't have my ducks in order behind the scenes. I wasn't an authentic, healthy role model. And that's what we all should be. So I want you to share with our listeners your healthcare journey, when it started, when you decided to to reinvent yourself, if you will. (laughs) Um, When did all this begin? Well, I always thought I was pretty healthy, but at age 59, I had the harebrained idea to go back and earn my doctoral degree. And I say harebrained because all of us know how stressful it is, right? Absolutely. So I'm in my first semester and I am just sweating bullets. I'm not sleeping. I'm so nervous. I read each assignment. I go, how in the world am I going to do the, write this assignment? I don't even understand the questions. So next thing you know, I'm eating a lot of junk food. I'm sleeping. I'm like hanging out in my recliner. I'm just like cranking one paper after another, just so stressed out, a wreck. And my daughter was home at the time. She was preparing for a bodybuilding competition. So she was like totally focused on health and fitness. And she Mm -hmm. called me out one day. She said, Mom, what's the deal? What are you doing? You're supposed to be a healthy role model as a nurse practitioner. and You're crashing and burning over there. In fact, you're making me really nervous. I'm worried you're going to die. I was like, really? I'm that bad? And then I said to her, I don't even have time for this conversation. Check in with me in two two years. You can help me get healthy and fit then. But she said, no, I can't let you do that. I'm going to help you make healthy choices so that you cope better with this program. And when you graduate, you're going to get that diploma, but you're also going to be healthier. And I said, yeah, right. (laughs) But I did start following her recommendations. So we have to listen to our daughter. Well, it's kind of funny, a role reversal. I gave birth to her and then she gave birth to my transformation. So she started with something simple like drinking more water. Imagine Mm -hmm. that. So now I always have lots of water handy. I know you have yours there too, Sophia. I've got mine right right here. Let's take a sip. Yeah, take a sip. It's called the healthy drinking game. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) So that instantly started helping me feel better. She also said, Mom, you need to go to sleep earlier. You're going to study better. You're going to function better. And oh, by the way, you need to start eating more protein. All you're eating are carbs. And then, you know, no wonder you're moody and you're stressed out. You need to eat more protein. So she started weighing and measuring my protein and handing it to me. Oh, wow. I'm like, holy cow, really? (laughs) That's a lot. It was quite a program. Then she started dragging me to the gym. And I say dragging me because I was literally in the car reading my papers saying, uh-huh. how, how long are we going to be at the gym? I can't afford to be at the gym. I got things to do. <laughs> exactly. Said, it was just amazing. So she helped me make small, simple steps because that's all I could handle. And then when I graduated two years later, I'd lost 30 pounds, 12 inches from my waist, which was huge for me. And I felt better than I'd ever felt, even better than when I was 30 years old. I'm like, how is this possible? And that's when we decided to work together to help other nurse practitioners. that were kind of going through the same kind of nightmare stress. And then the pandemic hit and man, oh man, everybody's stressed, right? Oh, absolutely. And, you know, I remember when I started my DNP and and I, the first time I, I opened up that schedule and and again, my first assignments, I started crying. I said, how can I ever do this? And absolutely. You just, you know, we, we don't always practice what we preach. Well, and I do believe that we should learn these We should learn self-care in all of our nursing programs, every level of our education, and really have faculty hold our feet to the fire to practice so that we can literally walk our talk talk even during a pandemic. And I have to pridefully say I've been able to maintain my healthy habits through the pandemic. Now, even for me, and I'm automated on my healthy habits, it was challenging. 
because mm-hmm. this is the kind of stress none of us have ever seen in our lives, and hopefully we will never see it again. Absolutely. Well, and a lot of people are are eating takeout. They're getting meals delivered to their house. They may not be the most healthy meals. Um, we just want to get our families fed. Um, right. It's right. a lot. But you can make healthy choices even on junk food. Exactly. Uh, I, brought, I brought junk food to my mom on Easter because she really wanted junk food. And I brought my measured chicken. <laughs> and I had a little bit of a cupcake when I was there, but I didn't have the whole McDonald's junk food meal, which I was really mm-hmm. proud of. Well, and that's what I always tell my patients is no matter where you go for fast food, there are always healthier options that you could always. choose. I mean, now there are salads everywhere. And so there is always options, but but we don't always choose it our, ourselves. And so you've developed throughout this pandemic, you've developed a self-care acronym to help people learn to to do better self-care yeah if you can remember the word pandemic you'll remember how to take care of yourself because each letter represents a self-care habit so p is for shall i jump in yeah go ahead and jump in and i will remind you what letter you're on okie doke p is for planning and that's something that we need during a pandemic or during any stressful time we need a plan on how we're going to manage our day, how we're going to manage our week, how we're going to manage our family, how we're going to manage eating at work. The more that we plan, the better we're going to be. I have a saying that if you fail to prepare, you prepare to fail. Mm -hmm. So just a little bit of time preparing, even if you think you're too stressed to do it, will reward you and your family and your patients. So that's big. And planning goes along with accountability. If you can get somebody to kind of help you and to help you make those healthy choices, that's a, a bonus as well. Absolutely. And I think in there, you probably also need to prioritize as well. Totally. So that P can stand for all kinds of things. Yeah. (laughs) You can't do everything. And we as nurse practitioners think often we need to do everything. And you just cannot. You do a little bit of healthy things in small increments of time. And and then you pat yourself on the back and say, hey, I'm doing great. (laughs) It'll make it'll make a difference. And I think, you know, oftentimes we as as healthcare providers leave take care of everybody else first and we leave ourselves last and and you know, if we, if we don't ca- take care of ourselves or not, there's not going to be much left to no. care for others. We're going to spontaneously combust. Poof. Yeah. Or we get angry. We get frustrated. We take it out on ourselves. We have to put on this persona that we ha- that we're happy in and have it together when we see patients. And that is a miserable feeling. Oh, there's absolutely. No- there's nothing better than to go to work when you're authentically happy and healthy. And that's so therapeutic for patients. They pick up on it right away. Oh, they definitely do see it. And, you know, they can hear people outside the exam room door. And then, you know, they come oh, in the yeah. come in the exam room and there's a big smile. But, um, you know, behind that smile, there may be a lot of angst and stress. So, right, right. So now we are on N. N. N is one of my favorite letters, nighttime. And why do I mention nighttime? Because often we're healthy during the day and then at night we're tired and we want to let our defenses down and go for something yummy in the cabinet, right? Yep. Those cupcakes didn't exist until nighttime when you feel like you need a reward. Mm-hmm. So you need to set yourself up for success at night. If you do that, I call that sundowning, kind of like elders do in nursing homes mm-hmm. where we just lose our willpower. Set up your home for success. Get rid of the stuff that you think you're going to graze on at night. Maybe hide it in the garage. Have somebody else hide it in the garage. That's what I do. If there's something I'm craving, I tell my husband, get this out of my environment tonight. I'm at risk. <laughs> well, I have to give, tell you a secret. My uh, my husband and I have a linen closet in our bathroom, and that's our 
secret hiding spot for our our junk food and the things that I we like to snack on and we try to hide it from the kids but that's hilarious uh, they have found that cabinet and so Darn. Um, and I do need to make those changes because I am bad about this 9 p.m snacking and I know that'll make a difference oh it will so you've got to prepare for nighttime and that also uh, that represents sleep as well the average American does not get enough sleep, including nurses and nurse practitioners. So you mm -hmm. need seven, eight, or nine hours of sleep depending upon who you are. And if you don't get it, you're going to be more likely to gain weight. You're going to be more likely to have health problems and get sick. And the cascade goes on and on. Yep. And your brain function is actually enhanced when you get enough sleep. Absolutely. And does nighttime also have to do with sex? Would that be considered a nighttime activity? Well, of course it does. And <laughs> I do have that under one of the other letters, but um, that's really important. Intimacy is really, really important because when we're intimate, even if we, it doesn't include sex, we produce the hormone oxytocin, which is a relaxing hormone. It also helps brain function. So you want to set your timer for a few minutes of fun. And we all have a few minutes of time for fun and intimacy and connection. You don't we need, need an hour. You might need a little extra lubricant, but you don't need an hour. <laughs> <laughs> well, we need to make that time. And that's something that we oftentimes don't do. We, uh, we're too tired. Um, yep. Many other things going on in our brain. Women are, are famous for, I'm going to come to bed, but let me go do the laundry. And then, oh. oh, but let me go do this and do that. And and by the time I'm we right actually- there. Yeah. By the time we actually make it to bed, it's an hour later. So we need to set a time and then we need to put, turn all the devices off, including all the chores we might do an hour before we want to go to sleep. That's the magic number. Mm -hmm. And you're probably thinking that's ridiculous, but it's true. I, I would believe that because I think by the time we get through all those nighttime activities, I I would I be believe that. So again, that's that includes the phone. Yeah, that includes the phone. You don't want to be on Facebook just minutes before you're trying to get to sleep. Absolutely. We really do need to cut down on that screen time. You know, we all get our weekly alerts from our phones that say how much our how much screen time we had and uh, the previous week. And I tell you, when I when I see my screen time was down six, seven percent, I'm kind of proud of myself. Um, you should be. Absolutely. Yeah. But then sometimes yep. it's up. And so that's an issue. Mm hmm. You're right. But setting a timer to go to sleep. Who, who does that? I do. Do you? That's mm -hmm. great. Yep. And then I always recommend to people white noise. Um, I That's can't really sleep. Helpful. Yeah, I can't sleep without white noise now. Um, I really and like earplugs are good. I like silicone earplugs. Ah. They're wonderful. That's great. So yeah. we are now on D. D. Well, that represents a word I don't like, diet. Oh, but just because it's in the acronym of pandemic, I will mention it. So I believe that word means die with a T on the end. I am not one... <laughs> I just don't believe in them. I believe in a healthy eating plan that you can sustain over time. Probably somewhat of a modified Mediterranean eating plan is going to really serve you best. Minimizing junk carbs, going for healthy carbs, less of the carbs than maybe you're used to, more protein, super large amounts of green leafy vegetables and other low glycemic vegetables. Talking to nurse practitioners, I know you know what I'm talking about. And keep those fats minimal and make sure they count, like avocado and nuts. But remember, they're super high caloric. Um, we call them calorically dense. So you want mm -hmm. a little bit goes a long way. You can't eat that whole bag of almonds like I like to do. Oh, just grabbing a handful. Absolutely. And another so, handful and another handful and another handful. And next thing you know, you've blown your calories for the day. Exactly. So when you advocate for the healthy lifestyle, you're also watching those calories as well. 
Absolutely. So one of the problems with people that are trying to lose weight is they really don't have a grasp of how many calories they're eating. They think they're making healthy choices, but they're not really. I recommend recording every nibble, lick and bite you're eating for a week in order to get a baseline. And then if that baseline is what you need, what you're taking in for maintenance, then you know you need to cut it back. If that baseline intake is you're actually losing weight, then you know you're in the right vicinity for losing weight. Mm -hmm. So that's really a good starting point. And obviously alcohol, we should avoid alcohol. Well, you know what? The weird thing about alcohol, it's poison and it will shut your digestion down while your body is trying to figure out how to deal with it. Fortunately, I can't drink at all. I get sick on even a teaspoon, which has been a blessing for me, actually. A, a sad blessing, but a blessing. Uh -huh. So you really want to keep your alcohol minimum. Plus, it can reduce your willpower to resist food. I don't know if that's ever happened to you, Sophia, but if you're out eating and you're having a little drink, you might just feel like, oh, I think I'll just celebrate tonight. And that cheesecake's looking pretty good. And I, how often do I get together with my friends? That alcohol can really get your brain going. Yep. It's easy for those excuses to just yes. convince yourself that you need to do it. Absolutely. Yes. So Mediterranean diet. Give me, give us some examples of your daily, uh, your daily diet. What do you eat for breakfast, lunch, <laughs> dinner, snacks? Well, you'll think I'm weird, Sophia. I actually have um, resorted to a solid protein in the morning because I find eggs don't stay with me. But I used to eat a lot of egg whites like a cup mm -hmm. of egg white, so I get a good dose of protein. But now I actually prefer to start my day with chicken because it stays really? with me so much longer. How weird is that? Chicken, hold the gravy, uh -huh. <laughs> hold the biscuits, and vegetables. I'll usually start with some kind of yummy vegetable like zucchini or squash or broccoli or something with it. And then I'm not hungry until lunchtime. If I do get hungry mid-morning, I'll usually have something like Greek yogurt. Um, that's super easy. Add a few nuts, not too many. I count mine out. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, snacks are really important to be healthy. You don't want to just have a bagel and cream cheese at 10 o'clock and hope that you're not going to gain weight or hope that you're going to lose weight. And then I do the same thing in the afternoon and evening. I'll substitute ground turkey or fish or other lean proteins. But I go for about five ounces of protein per meal, and that'll kind of get me through those in-between times with just a minimal high-protein snack. That's kind of like being a diabetic without being a diabetic, basically. Mm -hmm. You know, that's another yeah. way of thinking about it. I'll throw in a little avocado here and there and because I want my healthy fats, a little bit of olive oil. But I'm very aware of measuring it because I want to make sure I'm in, in my lane in terms of caloric intake. Oh, absolutely. Look, I, I've been known to eat a whole avocado. I just love them so much. And, oh, me too. Um, Maybe two. Yeah. <laughs> and that's not always so good. So how much avocado do you recommend in your, in your daily portions? I, you know, it depends on how much your fat intake is. I probably lean toward a half an avocado a day maximum. Okay. That's that's pretty a good place to, to be. And then you can still have a few nuts, like 12 nuts. And what kind of nuts do you recommend? Here I am getting all of your, your dietary secrets. Well, I don't, I don't recommend, recommend peanuts, but almonds, walnuts are a superfood. You know, those kinds of nuts are so good for us. Just brilliant foods. And if somebody wants to snack, if somebody wants to have a pseudo cheat, um, if they just feel like they need a little bit something uh, not traditional off off the the protein diet, what is your go to if I just need a little extra treat? Well, I consider a treat a protein bar. <laughs> it's, <laughs> they do it's taste really pretty bizarre. good. They are. I have to be careful because I can like them too much. I actually buy Quest bars I don't like. 
because I'll tend to eat too many of them. So I'll pick the flavors I like the least. How weird ah. is that? And then if I'm really craving something like a chocolate bar, I'll have a half of one of those, sometimes even a whole one. But they do tend to be high in fat. Mm -hmm. Pretty low in carbs, though. Actually, very low in net carbs, Quest bars. So they can be a good alternative. I always prefer whole food, always, always over anything processed. But it makes a nice treat. They also make chips, which are pretty good once you get used to them. A um, little expensive, but they make a nice crunchy treat if you're looking for potato chips. <laughs> uh -huh. Because I think, you know, it's hard for people to start and really get to where you are right now. It, it takes time to build up to that and to gradually make those changes totally. in life. Yes, yeah, small, simple changes are the way to go. Small, simple, sustainable changes. You just cannot do it right at once. You know, no. I remember crying to my daughter saying, oh, I feel like I'm so deprived. I can't have my ice cream every night. And she goes, Mom, I'll bring you home some Halo Top. You can have a little bit of that. That's fine. <laughs> and it works. So, so I can probably uh, sometimes. So I can probably guess what E is in pandemic in your acronym, but just tell me and let me see if I'm right. Yeah, I think so. Exercise. That's movement. what I thought. Movement, and I start with one percent a day. So, what's one percent of your twenty-four hour day, Sophia? One percent. Uh huh. Uh, fifteen minutes. Fifteen minutes. Fifteen minutes. Can you afford? Can you find fifteen minutes in your day to exercise? I take the busiest person that I talk to and I ask them, can you devote 1% of your day? And if they say, I don't have 15 minutes, I say, start with five. I just researched exercise and obesity and exercise and weight loss for an AANP article that was published last June. And they say, the interval doesn't matter. It can be as short as five minutes, possibly even three minutes. Just get yourself moving and do things you enjoy. Do not start doing something you don't like because you will not keep it up. So if you like jump roping, hula hooping, walking around the neighborhood, swimming, whatever it is, walking your dog, just pick something you like and get it going. And, you know, and then, all those things are at no cost. I think what I've been. Yeah, exactly. What I've famously done over the years, and I've done this several times, is I'll <laughs> join a gym with the intent of, you know, driving myself to the gym and actually spending time there. And. You know, in the time that it takes me to drive to the gym, I could, I could probably have these, you know, 15 minute a day exercises totally. done at home. Totally. So that's the that's why you have to really weigh the the benefits of a gym membership. There's mm -hmm. so many things you can do at home. So many things you do not have to spend the time getting to the gym, working out for an hour or longer and then driving home. If it works in your lifestyle, great. But if you want to get something started in terms of activity, just do it locally. Yeah, I agree. And, uh, you know, the most important thing is with, for NPs, we're always so busy. We're, we're juggling families. We're juggling clinic. Most people have charting after hours because they can't get it done during the day. And so you're just saying find that extra 15 minutes somewhere um, yep. where you can exercise. Yeah, you can chart while you're on a treadmill or some kind of elliptic machine at home, but you got to be careful you don't hurt yourself. I don't believe in that charting at night. I just think that's so horrible. I think it's like the next frontier that we need to fight. I think we should get our work done at work and then have carved out time to recover. Otherwise, we're just going to all burn out. I agree. It's, uh, um, it's and, and a couple of my colleagues and I are, are famous for spending a whole day Saturday getting the week's charting done. And Horrible. Horrible. Giving, giving up our own time. I remember when I started using EMR and I said to the patients, look, I'm going to chart while I'm seeing you. I just need that to happen in order for your our, your visit to be accurate. I'm not going to remember six patients later mm -hmm. what we talked about. So I just fumbled through it. 
And that's, you know, how I would always, you know, see patients. I just crank and it out. And that's a great way to do it. Um, you know, nurse practitioners are famous for spending extra time with the patients and talking to them. And and uh, so often that takes away from our administrative time. Uh, what, and, and that has a huge cost, a huge oh. cost. If you are completely present with patients, they have found through research that they perceive that you're spending more time with them than you actually are. So it's that sincerity. It's coming into a patient encounter and being being healthy and happy and joyful. Mm-hmm. And not burnt out, which is going to happen if you're always record- doing your EMR at, in the evening and on weekends. You're, exactly. You're, yep. Yep. So we've got um, diet, healthy lifestyle. We've got we've moved to exercise and starting with just five to fifteen minutes a day, making time Absolutely. for ourselves. And so now we are on M in pandemic mindset mindsets everything. If you can rewire your brain to think positively about yourself. I think that's really, really important. We have so many negative messages coming into our brains, especially as females. You agree, Sophia? Absolutely. I'm ugly. I'm unhealthy. I'm fat. I can never succeed. I don't have time. I'm not worth it. Uh, You know, it goes on and on and on. You have to start rewiring yourself because if you don't have develop a positive mindset, nothing's ever going to work on a long-term basis. Plus, you're depriving yourself of self-love. We all deserve self-love. So when you... Think of something negative about yourself. I want you to put an and or a but after it and say something positive. Like, maybe you say to yourself, I'm ugly, I'm fat, I'm this, I'm that. Put a but or an and and then say, but I'm getting healthier. Mm -hmm. But I'm making healthy choices. But I moved 1% today or yesterday. And just stop. Eventually, those negative comments are going to drop off and you're going to build a positive mindset. It's so, so important. And it's really about taking control of your life. It is completely about taking control of your life. And you can only do that if you have a positive feeling about yourself, right? Absolutely. That you believe no matter what your size is, that you're beautiful. You're enough just the way you are. And sometimes with our students, we have them put these comments on a little sticky note and pop them on their mirror and say them out loud in the morning and at night. Mm-hmm. That's a, it that's a great very habit. powerful. Absolutely. Um, and it's important to feel loved, and, and to, but you have to love yourself. Absolutely. All right, so now um, the I. Let's talk the about I. it. The I is for intimacy. Ooh. So here's the deal. You don't have to, you can maybe, maybe don't live with a human. Maybe you live with a cat or a dog and you can get some pet therapy out of the deal. That mm-hmm. is intimacy as well. Uh, but if you do live with, with a loved one, often when we're stressed, we push them away. When in fact, what yep. we should do is the opposite. We should automate at least a 30 second hug in the morning and in the evening even if we're not in the mood, just to make that physical connection. I guarantee you'll feel better if you do that. And if you kind of push yourself to have intimacy, uh, I'm not saying, you know, totally violate what you're feeling for the day, but if you can make way for intimacy, I guarantee you're going to feel better about your relationship, about yourself. You'll feel more relaxed. And it really can be worth making a point of saying, I'm really stressed. I need some oxytocin. Mm Mm-hmm. Right. A- absolutely. Um, and, and can you get that from hugging your dog? I think you can. I yeah. do think you can. We can't always be breastfeeding, right, to get that mm. hormone. So nope. sometimes we just got to get a little animal therapy or a little intimacy with our even our children, hugging our children and um, giving them a back rub or a foot rub or even a loved one. Uh, yeah. A spousal unit can appreciate that as well. 
Well, and even when you when you give uh, intimacy, uh, you receive so much. It's just like giving a gift yes. at Christmas. It makes you feel really yes. good to give a gift to somebody and make their day, uh, make them happy. So uh, yes. those types of intimacy things as well are are so important. But remember, you're not going to want to if you're like all deprived, if you're all not taking care of yourself. Your intimacy is going to be one of the first things to go. Yep. And I've seen that talking to a lot of my colleagues. Um, they're, they're feeling stressed. They're feeling burned out. And and so does their intimacy levels. Um, they just kind of start dropping. Um, right. And then you, we could have a whole discussion on, on women's health and menopause and, and all yeah, the different absolutely. changes as well that, that women go through. And I do have to mention that sometimes we need therapy ourselves. And often as nurse practitioners, we're resistant to that. We think we have to figure it all out on our own. But remember, mm -hmm. healthy people get help. And if you need, it wouldn't be a surprise that a lot of us need therapy as a result of this pandemic and the stress we've been through. I well, think as absolutely. a society, we need group therapy. <laughs> we do. And, you know, we at AMP, we thought it was so important. So um, I uh, had the staff develop an NP wellness page um, on our on our website. So we That's actually wonderful. provide wellness resources uh, to um, NPs. And so, so I, go to the AANP website and check that check. out. That's fantastic, Sophia. You're so innovative. I love it. <laughs> well, you know, we thought it was so important for our members to have that. That it um, is. So now let's let's go to C. What is C? C is for cortisol. When it's our so stress important. levels, oh my gosh, when our stress levels go up, our cortisol level goes up, and that is not good on for our health, for our mental health. We want to interrupt it as often as we possibly can. So I guarantee we've all had high cortisol levels this past oh, year, right? Yeah. The cascade of events that comes afterwards is unbelievable. So all of these self-care measures we've talked about interrupt that cortisol. And that's really key to our bodies, our mind, and our spirit's health. So anytime you can take a minute or two to even breathe, if you're at work and you're stressed out, you got to breathe anyway. So close yeah. your eyes, inhale, two, three, hold, two, three. Exhale, two, three. Do that three times. Maybe you go to the bathroom because you have to go to the bathroom and you do your breathing while you're in the bathroom. I guarantee that's going to lower your stress levels. And when you come out, you're going to feel a little bit better. That's the beginning of learning how to meditate. And ah. I do that automatically now when I stretch. I do my breathing while I'm stretching and I do three breaths with every stretch movement. So now I can say I meditate. That's great. Well, that's using making the best use of your time too, killing two exactly. birds with one stone. We call that habit stacking when you combine one habit with another habit. That's great. Well, and, you yeah. know, with cortisol, the rising cortisol levels, you know, that can lead to a cascade of other health issues, um, diabetes, obesity. I mean, everything that we talk to our patients about. Yes. And even shorten our lives by 12 years if it affects our the little ends of our chromosomes called the telomeres. Mm -hmm. Chronic stress has been linked to a shorter life by 12 years. And I, I would believe that because I've seen it in several of my patients um, that are just constantly stressed, overworked, um, maybe not do, obviously not doing self-care. And, and it's true. And people think they don't have time. So I always say, start with breathing. You got to do that anyway. <laughs> exactly. Well, Mimi, this, uh, you know, this pandemic self-care acronym is so helpful and it's been really great. And, and I want you to ask you, what are some, if you wanted to leave our listeners with three messages, what would they be today? One message is you're worth it. You need to take care of yourself and you don't need a lot of time to do that. Keep those self-care habits simple, automated. Remember the habit is more important than the intensity 
and that you're going to serve others better if you take care of yourself. And you need to believe that. You will serve others better if you take care of yourself. I believe that. That's wonderful. Okay. And so let me ask you this, Mimi. If people want to get more information from you, you are a wealth of information. You are an expert (laughs) in health and wellness. And I know a lot of our listeners may want to get more information from you or maybe want to connect with you to start on their own health journey. What are some ways that they can connect with Dr. Mimi Secor? One of the easiest ways, Sophia, is to download my app. And you can do that by as though you were texting a friend. So you don't go to the app store. You te- it's like you're texting a friend and you text the message, Dr. Mimi, D-R-M-I-M-I, all one word. It's not case sensitive. It doesn't need any punctuation to the number 26360. So all it's right. Dr. Mimi, 26360. That'll take you everywhere to my social media, to my um, website, to a jumpstart program we're offering for uh, people that want to get their health and fitness going, my new audio book that's free. All of it's right there at your fingertips. That's great. And I love, I love hearing from nurse practitioners. You know that. It's, uh, you are my extended family, and I, it just means the world for me to spend this time with you, Sophia. Well, we love you so much. And I have to tell you, while you were saying the, the, the 26360 text to Dr. Mimi, I literally just did it. So it, oh, it happens that quickly. Awesome. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Sophia. And thank you for your service to our profession and to the world. We re- really appreciate you, too. Well, thanks so much, Dr. Mimi. I appreciate it. And I'm sending have a you a virtual day. hug. Sending oh, you a virtual hug. That's great. We need to give everybody a virtual hug yeah. right now as they start their, their wellness journey. So thank you for being with us. All right. It was great. Thank you so much, Mimi. It was so great catching up with you. And you've got such a wonderful and practical solution for a very, very real problem. I hope that the NPs listening will take this to heart and begin their own wellness transformation. I know I will. I want to remind everyone that registration is open now for the AANP 2021 National Conference. We're presenting this conference online for 2021 with more than 80 CE sessions available for you to take at your own pace over the course of two months. I hope to see you in there and chat with you in the conference forum. It's going to be great. Please subscribe to this podcast, share it with your colleagues, and check back regularly for new episodes. And as always, be kind, be safe, and be the voice of the nurse practitioner.